Welcome to the Style Frame Saturdays podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Lee. Join me as I take a deep dive into the wonderful world of style frames and interview those who are industry wizards when it comes to this stage of the animated production process. For those who may not know, style frames are pieces of creative that are developed during the pre-production phase of an animation project, and they help creators and clients alike get an idea of the overall style of a piece. Sometimes the initial vision is carried through to the end, and other times it ends up on the cutting room floor. During this podcast, we'll discuss projects of all shapes and sizes, and the challenges, rewards, and lessons learned while developing what I like to call each guest's favorite frame. Before getting into the details of today's show, the Style Frame Saturdays team would like to give a quick shout out to Riverside and Anchor. They're the tools that we use to develop this podcast, and it simply wouldn't exist without them. There are so many great features to Riverside, but one of our absolute favorites is its ability to both simultaneously and continuously upload tracks to the cloud as they're being recorded. We can't thank Riverside enough for making our podcasting experience effortless, so we've got an affiliate link in today's show notes for anyone who's interested in checking it out. We also wouldn't be able to get this podcast to you without the help from Anchor. Anchor allows us to easily distribute this podcast to you on your favorite podcast platforms. And if anyone's interested in checking it out, there's a link in today's show notes where you can learn more. So now that you know how we're getting this podcast to you, let's dive in to episode seven. Today's guest is a multi-talented art director who works in 2D, 3D, cell animation, you name it. She creates stunning work in every medium that she touches. She's worked with companies like Laundry, Elastic, and Hobbs, and has served clients like Hulu, Facebook, and Apple, just to name a few. She considers herself to be a motion design generalist, and with discussions about generalists versus specialists coming up in the industry lately, I'm so excited and curious to hear her perspective on the topic. Please help me in welcoming Michelle Greppo to the show. Hey, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks well, for having me. Oh, of course, of course. I'm I'm so excited for this episode. You know, I was, you know, while we've been emailing back and forth, I know I have said, you know, I'm excited to have you on because, you know, I've long admired your work um, and have gotten the pleasure to like get to know you over the past year too, including meeting you in person and everything. So, um, you know, I'm excited for this one. And I know um, when it comes out, you know, the audience is going to really enjoy it too. I think it's going to be a really good one. <laughs> but you're too kind. <laughs> For anyone who's unfamiliar with you and your work, would you mind giving our audience a little, you know, introduction about yourself, you know, what you've been working on, what you're up to, you know, your your background, so to speak? Yeah. Um, so I am currently an art director, freelance art director in the motion graphics industry. Uh, you know, I've worked with various studios, uh, Scholar, Laundry, Elastic. Um, it's been it's been an exciting journey. I actually did not start in motion graphics. Um, and I feel like that's a lot, that's something that a lot of us share. Mm -hmm. Um, so right off the bat, like in school and college, I was, you know, working as a graphic designer, um, got some really good, like strong fundamental skills, um, in that experience. And then I actually, I actually was a front end programmer for a good chunk of my career. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I would do, you know, uh, front end meaning like CSS, like anything to do with, um, you know, interactive elements of a web page. Nothing like back end. It's beyond my brain. Um, 
Um, and, you know, I've always been artistic. So over time, like I started to realize that it wasn't fulfilling. Uh, and, you know, the company I was with, you know, really believed in me and my ability to, you know, uh, adjust and, you know, um, learn skills quite quickly. And because I was trained as a graphic designer early on, it was it was like a natural move for me to become a designer in web design. Um, very cool. Yeah, it was. They were very kind, and uh, I was very fortunate to be a part of a small company that was open to that shift. And it was it was very smooth. Um, very cool. And then from then on, I worked as an art director. You know, I I started building these you know experiential websites for Warner Brothers and you know Hakkasan Group, which is I think they have like the Omnia nightclub or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, it was all really interesting, but there was a shift in the industry. And I realized that a lot of the medium um, wanted video content, you know, mm-hmm. and I had always been interested in animation as an art director in my field. I had, you know, a large subset of skills. So I would be compositing designing, doing typography. Um, I even worked in After Effects. There was a little bit of 3D in there. Um, and so it felt like a, a natural lateral move to go into motion graphics. And that's, you know, I learned C4D on my own. And now I'm in the field full time and I love it. I think this is like where I should be. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. And how long ago? So that's my blur. Um... What's up, people? <laughs> That's the blurb right there. How long was oh, um, okay. How long ago was um were you at the company where you're doing that front end development stuff? Um okay. because you've been you've been freelancing for quite a while now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um well I was I had did like a two year full time at laundry in LA and oh, then okay. I went back to freelance. So it was freelance, full time freelance. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, wait, no, I'm probably getting this wrong. You did some of the front end stuff at Laundry? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. That's why. (laughs) The full-time job was um, at a company called, I want to say Avatar Labs. It's been a while. My brain. Uh, (laughs) But that was back in 2016, I think. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. Isn't it's wild. Like, you know, we're in 2022 and immediately start to think of 2023 and I'm sort of like, that's almost like approaching a 10 year mark kind of thing. It's, yeah, <laughs> It's amazing how time just sort of like passes, you know, within oh the industry. It's like, wow, I've been doing this for that long. It just kind of hits you sometimes. Yeah. That's how I feel about the matrix when I think about its anniversary. <laughs> no, that's our kidding. guide. <laughs> 10 year anniversary. Wow, how many years has it been? It's 20, isn't it? When did never mind. Wait, we're digressing. Let's continue. I was I was just thinking though, I'm like, when did that come yeah. out? I don't know. <laughs> we're gonna have to do Anyways, our homework after this. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I base my career and professional experience off of how long a movie's been, <laughs> been playing. <laughs> and so so now you're doing art direction. Um and you had just said, you know, you're do you're doing a lot of different stuff too, which is why I'm really drawn to your work as well. You know, you you are this sort of multifaceted, multidisciplinary designer and artist. Um, what was I going to say? 
you you work in 2d 3d you've even done some cell stuff which i think is really cool too um what what drew you to you know this work you know was it just you know being exposed to it somewhere or again having an artistic background like were you just sort of like no this is what i kind of want to like focus on um i mean we all are creative as children right and like we all want to at some point i feel like a lot of us want to be like oh i want to do movies or something as a kid right um but you know i think that artistic side of me already existed, but I was also very close with my brother growing up and he is a software engineer. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And you know, like I, I wanted to be like him. I was like, sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to be like him cause I thought he was the coolest person in the world. Um, and then I realized I had a penchant for technical things. And, you know, I would pick up on a lot of stuff rather quickly. And I think, honestly, like, everything culminating up to this point in my career is based off of me following my curiosity um, and just exploring that, uh, whatever caught my interest. And I feel like sometimes you can, you feel like that's a little bit, like, you don't have a plan in life, but um, everything I've done is... I've wholeheartedly like invested my, you know, myself into it. And, you know, all these little parts of me that have explored different facets of the industry have contributed to my career quite significantly. And I find that a blessing, like having all of this like experience and for sure, it also helps when you're like mentoring too, because you can pull from different parts of your life and relate to people in a lot, on a lot deeper levels uh on a deeper level right that's so true that's so true and it's something i can't remember what episode it was i want to say it was jordan bergren's episode where you know we kind of briefly talked about how every experience whether it's directly related to motion design or not like somehow adds value to your overall sort of experience in the industry and in your career and stuff and so i love that what you just said I, i i couldn't agree with you more there and i think we all have these experiences that really do shape us into who we are personally, mm-hmm. professionally and stuff like that. So we take a piece of, you know, everything that we've experienced with us everywhere else. It's, you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah. I think it's very cool. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm a generalist. I like to say that I'm a generalist by trade, but I feel like there's a lot of weirdness around that terminology. So. <laughs> I consider myself a generalist too. Um, You know, that's something that Ryan Summers talks about a lot, actually, you know, that like everyone talks about specializing and I think it's cool to specialize too, but he also kind of frames it in a way where generalists can kind of be specialized too. Like it's specializing as a generalist kind of thing. I forget how he words it, but whenever I'm reminded of that, I'm like, it's, it's, it's a cool way to, to think about it. I, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, in a way, we're kind of specialists in um, not like what I want to say for being flexible, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. see. It. Yeah, definitely. Versatile, flexible. adaptable, adaptable. Yes, that's a great word that's for a better it. Word. Yeah. 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 Well, and I, it's funny you say that, you know, now hearing sort of about your background of how you got into the industry and, you know, some of the work that you were doing prior to motion design. Um, you know, you considering yourself a generalist, I could very 
well, see that not just in the in your portfolio and the work that you're doing, but now hearing that, you know, I've always been drawn to, you know, technology and, you know, creative and my curiosity, you know, I think I, I can see that just how you're explaining this journey so far. Um, so looks like it sounds, well, it looks and sounds like it's a perfect fit, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, when the pieces fall into place. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, but yes, it is. It is a very good fit. I think. Um, I think in my early days in my career, like I was always like I always felt like there was something a little bit missing. But um, I don't know. Motion design just it feels right, you know. Yeah. And there's there's so many avenues that people can play in and explore. And I think that now, like the the culture of the industry right now is very open to you know people being explorative you know you know they want right people's unique voices and they want to relate to each other and i think that's beautiful yeah definitely definitely well and especially with technology and stuff changing yeah. to all this web 3 stuff you know i still am trying to wrap my brain around oh, it God. it's not quite there i don't know if i'll get there but i'm working on it but you know you're you're so right about that um you know yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more with you there either. Um, you had talked about how, you know, you've done some staff in freelance, mm -hmm. um, you know, how you said started outside of the motion design industry and then fell into it. Um, have you I know you're based in L.A. Have you always been in L.A. or have you been elsewhere in the country or internationally as well? Uh, like lived somewhere else? <laughs> lived, or, grew up, you know, uh, I, hung I, out. I grew <laughs> I grew up in Colorado for about 10 years. Um, oh, wow. That okay. was like a, that was a big culture shift for me because like all my life, like I grew up with, you know, like hip hop, R&B, LA, street tacos, you know, street food, all that stuff, you know, like I'm always down for a street dog. Okay. <laughs> I'm homegrown LA. Um, but you know, when I'm, when I was like 10 or something, I moved to Colorado and it was so different. Like the culture there was very different. And again, wow. like that whole experience kind of helped me be able to like understand different aspects of people's lives. You know, it's not right. just this little bubble on LA, you know, like there's, there's a whole other like country out there with people with different values and, and such. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. Very cool. So you were, so you, you grew up in LA, were in Colorado for a bit and then came back to LA. Yeah, came back um, sophomore year in college. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. And well, I'm assuming um, with regards to, you know, college and everything, you were you at an art school studying front end stuff or are you at like just like a, you know, university or um, liberal arts college? I want to say my school was more of a trade school. Um, okay. I went to the Art Institute. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um. So, funny story. I, my teacher in high school was trying to get me to go to like uh, a traditional art school. And then, you know, by the time, like I told you, like I loved technology and also it was far more lucrative, I felt at the time. Um, mm -hmm. And so I was like, no, I want to I want to stick to computers and, you know, see where that goes. And, you know, I think I have a, a real uh, edge here. So. I I went there and the program at the time was called graphic design and interactive media or multimedia okay. design. 
So gotcha. it was like both traditional teachings and digital. And it was weird because when I went to school, people didn't really know what to make of it. And so right. I was actually taught as a generalist in my education. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they taught me to program. They taught me to do graphic design. So I did like physical print. I also learned how to um, do illustration and typography by hand, which is very difficult wow. and tedious. <laughs> so, <Wow. laughs> yeah, um, that was not for me. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, and then we, t- we learned video editing. Like, I remember having to make DVD menus in school and I was like, I am never going to do this. <laughs> like, this is That's not right. something I want to do. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyway. But it's cool you had that experience doing all these different things. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, falling into motion design too. You know, it doesn't sound like it was very coincidence. You know, it just sort of always has seemed like, you know, there's always been a generalist sort of curiosity and approach to like, you know, the work that you've, you know, contributed to and done. Um, so it's kind of, it's cool to hear, you know, this whole background of like how, how things kind of came to what they are now for Michelle Greppo. <laughs> Well, we, this is a design podcast. It's, you know, we talk about style frames and everything. So if it's all right with you, I'd love to jump into the main event and talk about the favorite frame that you'll be sharing with us today. Yes. Uh, Okay. Um, so this piece is called Firaga or Firaga. It's got like a little bit of an Italian thing. Sorry, my dog. Um, (laughs) um, uh, you know, like I've always been interested in like title design. So, um, uh, and the storytelling aspect that goes into this frame, into their style frames. You know, I, I recently went to like the Motion Plus event and there was an artist. The theme of that whole show was just storytelling in like a single frame. And mm-hmm. I, I love that because it's like you can, most people at first glance will just see something beautiful. But then mm-hmm. if you deep dive into like the details of a certain frame, you can pull all this like information that relates to one another, right? And this was kind of um, something that evolved over time. So this piece actually <laughs> was uh, an experiment in After Effects that I just had a, a random thought one day. I was like, okay, you know what? Part, 30 party programs are expensive. What if I just try and make flame just happen in After Effects. And, you know, there was like an evolution of, you know, playing around and, you know, um, you know, you know, plug-in bashing in After Effects. And ultimately I came across this, um, where is this shot? There's like a process shot. Uh, I believe I, I shared with you where mm-hmm. it has like a stacking of, is it like six? six shots yes yes of the evolution of this flame that i was trying to create um Mm -hmm. and one minute can i just pull it up pull it up right now (laughs) okay no okay um and i i thought it was really beautiful and then i found this this photo um by fanny latour lambert who's a french photographer and she photographed this beautiful model called Vittoria Ciretti. And, you know, I was like, okay, I've always been interested in fantasy. Like, you know, I love fire as an element. Let's combine the two and see what happens. 
and you know over time it kind of evolved and i was like okay well what if the fire was like a, a mystical like like I don't know, some sort of like fire crown or something. And there's mm-hmm. like earlier versions where like I literally have it shaped as like a crown on her head. Um, you won't see that here because it was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a little too cheesy. Um, and, you know, like I like I like uh, nuance and I like playing with, you know, asymmetry and just like figuring out the balance of a frame, you know, that mm-hmm. that's something that has always stuck with me ever since I was like a graphic designer and even like a web designer, you know, you have this canvas and you have to balance out the frame somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, well, what if the crown just like went here? And, you know, I, I love those like subtle fashion details of like contouring of like the natural flow of the face and the, the peaks mm-hmm. and the valleys. And so eventually it evolved into like this kind of like flame mask that would just kind of exist on her head. Mm-hmm. And from there, like I, I was like, okay, well, I love light. And like, what if, you know, this is like an entire universe and, you know, she has a king by her side with equal power. And that's when, you know, I created the man at her side who is, Benjamin Clementine, let me tell you, this man is a gorgeous man and an amazing <laughs> musician. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't realize he was a musician. Yes. Yeah, so Benjamin Clementine, if you haven't listened to him, please give him a shot. He actually has a – his latest track, Nemesis, was featured on the morning show title sequence. Really? So if you're familiar with that, that music track is actually him. Oh, very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and he – like, just the – he's so suave and he had this like presence like you know of grandeur in this pose that he's giving me and I was like okay well they're both in a similar pose right and so they complement each other and Mm -hmm. it was this evolution of like okay so now they are a couple they are a unit and then you know um and then I was pulling in details about you know mysticism and fantasy and a lot of those a lot of that literature or that, that like era, it focuses on ornate details. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, okay, Baroque period, you know, that'd be cool. Like cre- right. create a world based on the Baroque period. And so I started developing like um, all of these, I started gathering all these assets um, to kind of like frame them. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, if this was the title sequence, we would showcase the main characters in some you know, dramatic, cool, slow camera move way. And I was like, okay, this is going to be, this is the shot. We're focusing on these two people. And then what kind of story do I want to inject into this frame? And, and so I was thinking, okay, well, like chiaroscuro is a beautiful medium or uh, not period, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And I've always wanted to play around with it. And it, it lends into the whole light aspect and from light comes fire. And so it's all these kind of like webbing ideas connecting into Mm -hmm. one larger one. Um, And so I started pulling like, um, like Caravaggio and, you know, Rubens and um, who else is in here? There's a lot of, there's a lot of like, yeah, there's a lot of uh, classical artists in here. Yeah, yeah, there is. (laughs) Um, But it was like, 
I there there's all these like elements of like flame and I wanted the the supporting characters around them to sort of show respect and adoration to the main focus. So if you look at the shot, you'll see how they're all attracted to a single light source. Um, oh, yeah. the, the woman on the bottom is bowing because, you know, she's revering their power as, you know, this mystical, these mystical figures with, you know, mm -hmm. major influence. Um, and it's, and that kind of like, that kind of like blended the story. It's like, okay, these, this, these two people are significant. They're a source of, they're a guiding light in this society that I'm creating. Um, and this frame kind of lends into that storytelling where it's like even picture frames are revering them you know right so and um, what i love about this piece too is that um you know it started out as i love how you just said you know it's sort of this like idea of webbing things together right that it started out with you know focusing on the the aspect of like i do want to be able to create fire within this application without having to purchase all these you know <laughs> separate plugins but as the idea starts to come together and the flame becomes like a focus. And then, then we start to focus on sort of this Baroque classical mystical um, theme. What I think is really cool about this frame too, is that this fire is because it's a light source, obviously it's creating like this really cool texture to the frame as well. Like you're getting some texture from the frames that they're, you know, that all these characters are within. You're getting some texture from like the the wall or, you know, the backdrop that they're on and everything. And you're getting the detail out of the frames themselves that the pictures are sitting within. And I think it's just, again, you and I were talking offline about, you know, like coming onto the podcast and everything. This is, you know, why I was so happy that you were willing to come on because you just have this really beautiful way of just compositing all these elements together. I think it's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, when we were talking a lot offline, we were like, uh, what you had said was, you know, just the combination of different mediums and being able to right. put it into like a single shot. And I realized after you had told me that a lot of my projects do that. <laughs> Not just not just like my professional ones, but my personal projects literally are a combination of different mediums that I have just playing around with. Like, right? You may not know it, but the lighting in here is based off of a three D recreation of this scene. Because yes, I was reading yeah. that on your website. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, like I can composite, I can photo composite, you know, for days on end trying to make the lighting, you know, accurate. But I was like, I can literally just do this like 10 minutes in 3d and just pop out you know the lumen channels and just you know composite it on top of it you know it's like it's like that <laughs> um so but little, that's little, an example little. of working smarter and not harder exactly. either too right yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's why i think being a generalist is also very valuable because you can pull all these tricks to design one frame so like yeah i'll get hired as a designer but what i'm doing behind the scenes is 3D, photo compositing, graphic design, illustration, things like that. So, Right, right. And, you know, as a generalist, you know, working on animation and style frames and all these types of elements, you know, is there is there one tool in your toolkit that you use the most or is it because every project's different, you just sort of approach it as, you know, like, 
oh, we'll see what fits the job kind of thing. <laughs> oh, I definitely have a go-to toolkit depending on what I'm doing. <laughs> I will say the one thing that I always, I love, I love, um, what is it called? Sapphire Sharpen. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's one, that's a big one that I use a lot. I love um, Rough and Edges and Simple Choker. That's another one. <laughs> No, I don't know. <laughs> um, is there? I love. Do you have like a certain process that you like go through every single time you work on a project, whether it's like you know, uh, style frames or jumping right into animation? Is there always sort of like a way that you approach things, or is that different as well? Um, I would say well, animation is quite different because then I would be inheriting someone else's project, right? Um, True. I mean. But I mean, regardless of what I'm doing, I'm always like organizing things to my benefit. Um, mm -hmm. So like I'll I'll take a frame um, and, you know, structure it. Structure is very important to me, actually. I've realized throughout my careers um, I may be flexible, but when it comes to working, I love structure. I actually thrive in it. Not to say that nice. I can't be adaptable, but um, I just feel like things just go much smoother if there's you know, ample preparation time, which is not always, which is most likely not the case. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't hurt to put in a, at least a little bit of like 30 minutes just to inject a little bit of structure into your project. For sure. Whether yeah, that yeah. be like cleaning up your After Effects file or cleaning up your folder structure for like whatever you're receiving. Mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, that's a big one. When it comes to design, though, like if I am designing something that my um, that my mentor had taught me was because I am a visual person and I react to a lot of things oftentimes, much like this flame project, you know, I feel like a lot of it was like a reaction of what I was seeing. Um, he told me, just put everything on the canvas, anything that you can think of, just dump it all in there, like all your necessary elements and then things that pop in your mind and then start to play like achieve like the bare minimum and then add subtract mess around because early on when i was at a desi designer i used to struggle with overthinking you know i'd be like I guess, oh yeah what does the client want but what do i think looks good what does my art director want what does my creative director want and it helped me get past that whole that whole loop of like mm -hmm. doubt and uncertainty mm -hmm. and once I had all the elements on there, it was just like, like Lego blocks or like collage, you know, because at that Very point, cool. you're just kind of messing around. Um, and from then on, you can re you can react to some things, you know, it's easier. Right. I, I feel like our medium is a very emotional um, medium. Like we respond to it emotionally. And, you know, th those emotions and spark like intellectual conversation. And that's brilliant. But like, when you're designing and you see something in front of you, you can react to it a lot easier rather than like thinking it in your head first. Definitely. Definitely. I love that. What you just said about your mentor too. I think that that's, it's funny. I feel like I had a similar conversation with Julie Kraft, you know, bits and pieces about what you're talking about here as well. Um, and she was kind of saying similar things in that she was sort of just like, you know, I like to have things like a little bit messy to kind of then, pull things together into a cohesive project. Um, and it's funny you say the stuff about structure too. I feel like for myself, 
and this is something I said with Julie as well, that, um, you know, I am just like you, you know, I thrive on that structure as well, but it's such a good reminder, especially what you're saying about your mentor too, to just really kind of put everything on that canvas because the idea of what you had originally might not be what you end up designing after all. So, so that was going to be a follow-up question I was going to ask you too, you know, you probably had an idea in your head of how you wanted this frame to look like is what you rendered out, what you had envisioned when you were sort of putting this idea together. Um, it's actually better, <laughs> you know, which is surprising. Cause you know, a lot of times we think it's like poo poo when it comes out, <laughs> I feel like, you know, how we designers are, it's like, it's like, Oh yeah, I made this thing and I spent like 20 hours on it and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> But no, like this one was a rare occasion where like I actually really love what I made. And it's kind of a shame because like a lot of people, it doesn't get a lot of traction on the internet. Like people are just like, oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, but for some reason, like I can't let it go. And I, I just, I love it because it's not only like beautiful to me, but it's just like a culmination of skills that I have acquired over time and I applied it and it was through an experimental process. And I think that's really beautiful. Um, I think it's natural and it speaks to like what I enjoy, Mm -hmm. Um, the types of like design that, you know, interests me. Um, I don't always get to play in this style, but I do love it. And I think that's why I am attracted to title sequences because it's kind of in the same vein. Right. Um, right. Yeah. No, it's, I, I love that you just said that too, because when I do think of your work, I do think of illustrative graphical yeah. pieces. And the fact that actually a piece like this is like really where your heart and passion is at um, is really cool to see. Um, so again, let's go back to, you know, the whole generalist thing. The fact that all of these different, you can do any style that's thrown at you is really cool. Thank you. Uh, that's very flattering. <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate it. Well, because I feel like there are people out there, you know, artists, designers who also have, you know, maybe get hired for their style too. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I personally feel like I'm not one of those people. I feel similar to you in that I'm sort of like, well, if this is what so-and-so wants, I can try to create something within that style or look or mood. Um, but when I think of myself and my own style, I'm sort of like, do I have one? I don't even know if I do. Like, I feel like my work kind of is a little all over the place, you know? Um, cause again, like you, I'm drawn to different things and I'll just kind of jump on, you know, where I'm needed, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I totally relate to that 100%. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, in terms of style, like, I guess there are people out there who like have a very unique style, but I don't know, even us journalists, like there, there are things that seep through that are just a part of our core. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I don't know if you noticed, but I have a lot of fire stuff in my portfolio. (laughs) I like fire. (laughs) I think it's a beautiful element and it's because I'm attracted to light. It's the whole thing about like Kiroskuro, like favorite, favorite of that period. Um, Right, right. um, What was it? Um, Raised by Wolves, that title sequence. Love the lighting I don't know if I've seen it actually. Beautiful. (laughs) So beautiful. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to go watch it after this. <laughs> the moment I 
like when I saw it, I was just like in awe. Like I think I replayed like just the title sequence when I was watching the show. But anyways. Um, <laughs> well, it's funny you say say that though about light and stuff too, because I feel like a title sequence, and I'm sure this is, you know, other people have similar um favorites and stuff like that too but um i feel like a piece that always comes to mind with regards to title sequences is westworld yes. and that's like that whole light play thing too right so mm-hmm. it's um light light is is huge and it's important yeah. and you don't realize how much it, it affects a piece um so again with regards to your the frame that you chose to you know share with us um it's amazing how it's not only the idea behind the piece and brought out this larger idea that you started to explore, but that it, again, just how it illuminates the scene and it creates these like just other textures and stuff and how it's everyone in the scenes interacting with it. It's just so cool. It really is. Thank you. Finally. We're giving it the attention that it needs, Michelle. (laughs) I got Um, you, baby. (laughs) Just talking to my frame. Weird. (laughs) But going off of the the light again, the the fire that we, um, we're talking about, how did giving yourself the constraint of working entirely in After Effects and focusing on you know creating this this fire aspect affect your design decisions for this frame? You know what's funny is um, the longer that I've been in After Effects, the more I realize that because I have a a, a graph design background, like mm-hmm. compositing is massive. You know, I had to do like tons of photo manipulation when I was, you know, a graphic designer and even a web design, you know, that's something that's always been like probably one of my strongest skill sets. I don't utilize it as a profession, like specifically, but it, it, or like, just like I'm getting hired as a photo manipulator. No, that's not me. Um, but I do use it constantly. Um, and the more that I've worked in AE, the more I realize a lot of hacks kind of translate. Like there are things that you can do in After Effects that kind of lend into that. And so as far as design decision goes, I feel like I have more play in After Effects when it comes to um, this stuff. And I didn't feel limited when I was um, experimenting, you know. Well, kind of, because you can't really paint in After Effects, but... Mm. um, there was this kind of process where I was like working on the flame and I was like, okay, I realize that I've got this thing that I really like. I want to add to it. Um, and it was just, I don't know if I'm answering this correctly, but I didn't feel limited because I knew I was confident I could bring in an asset to combine well with what I created in after effects. And so it was just kind of that blend it's, you know, there's, there's a, when you, the more you work with a program, the more you have more confidence that you can hack it. And I think, I think it's so funny when people are like, do it in post. And it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you can do a lot in post. But <laughs> there's like this joke that it's like a terrible thing to do, but it's like, I feel like a lot of my, especially in this one, I was like, everything's in post. Just hack away. Make it look right, good. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, with regards to this project too. Were there any um, challenges and or rewards that you experienced, um, given that it was actually also a personal project, too? I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Challenges. 
man okay in terms of like style frame design when it comes to a personal project i feel like the only challenge is yourself um you know when i was making this project i was just fresh into the industry and i had a lot of doubts about like oh i have to be this person and that person and i have to have this level of skill and you know one day i was just like i just want to play and like figure it out um you know and see where it leads me and it and it developed into something really wonderful and i think getting out of that like doubtful mindset is helpful it's very mm -hmm. difficult um, especially as artists, because we're so emotional sometimes. And that's not bad. I think being emotional is necessary in this field. You know, um, um, temperance of emotion is absolutely necessary too, mm -hmm. but that's a whole other topic. Um, uh, yeah, so getting past your own negative mindset. Technical challenges on this one, not so much because I didn't really know what I was trying to achieve. I was just kind of evolving mm -hmm. um, an idea over time. I think if this had been for a client, <laughs> there are a lot of constraints that probably would have come into play. And, you know, there's a lot of stress involved in that. So I, I, I really couldn't say <laughs> any challenges. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, like the biggest reward was it just the fact that you were able to like approach it saying like you know hey I just want to create this element entirely in this application or did it become you know something a little bit more bigger and meaningful than just that at the end um the biggest reward was just seeing the end result in this piece um I don't know it it's weird like out of all of my projects, like I'm really satisfied with this one for some reason. And uh, I, I think it's just because it's something that I react to positively. And, and then I realized that, oh, I made this, like, I made this. <laughs> I was like, I did it, you know? And at the time, like, I wasn't that confident in my 3D skills. You know, I, 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 said, I could say I was like proficient in After Effects at that time. Mm -hmm. And then what had come out, like, I was like, this looks really good. And I feel good about this. <laughs> so that's the that's reward. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't realize that this was a piece that you had worked on, like, early on, you know, <sighs> when you had started in motion design, too. So, I mean, it feels pretty timeless at the same oh, time. You. Like, you know, it. again, I think it just speaks volumes of your, your work and your your approach to projects and your technical skills and everything, you know, you could have created this yesterday, you know, oh and it, and it holds up. No, seriously. I think it's a really cool piece Thank and you. um, it's beautiful. It's beautifully composited, designed, you know, you name it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been so much fun chatting with you about this project, Michelle. I'm so glad that you chose it. I'm so glad that you were able to join us on the show today. Um, Again, I've just loved talking about this project with you, learning about your background in animation and motion design and, you know, what you've been working on lately. If people want to connect with you and learn more about what you're working on, what's the best way for them to do so? Oh, um, you can DM me on Instagram. My Instagram name is my name, Michelle Greppo. Um, or you can email me at hello at michellegreppo.com. Awesome. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much again, Michelle. It's been a real treat talking with you and learning about some of the stuff you've been working on, learning about this um, personal project of yours. Um, we'll be sharing links to some of the tools and resources we mentioned here for our audience to check out. Um, but that wraps it up for today, everyone. Feel free to email us at styleframesatpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. And if, if, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, um, if you like what you see and hear here, um, don't forget to, dis, uh, to subscribe, share, and review the show on your favorite podcasting platforms as well. Lastly, come connect with us on social. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you again, Michelle, and we'll see you all in the next one.